This is Starting From Zero. Hip-hop kind of starts from zero, right? Outside of it being put on a turntable and a needle, there's no other conduit. You're getting it from the source. What if listening to music is the primary act? When you add those things up, so okay, now I have enough of these negative numbers, so now I make a one, now I make a two, and I make a three. Umber means brown pigment from the earth. The mission is to globally highlight creative nuance of black and brown people in print media. Alright. Okay. It's busy on the freaking Tuesday night. Yes. Joined here with Mike Nichols. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yes. One of the most uh, unique last names of Nichols <laughs> I've ever spoken in my life. Friends for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and since the time I've known you, it's like you've always been in a, has a, you have an unusual way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden when Umber comes out, I was like, oh, okay, that makes freaking sense. Yes, yes. And one of the reasons why Umber is not just because of you, obviously. Yeah. Um, but not just because of that, but the reason why Umber motivated me, it made me think back to beats rams in life i don't know if you know mm. rob johnson yep so in one of the if for people folks who know shout out to rob johnson one of the co-founders of beats, beats rams in life in oakland california they're using um uses hip-hop through therapy yes which yes, is it which yes. is so what's a, what an amazing concept he does yep. so in one of like the the workshops like um they um, I think it was kind of like they were trying to express, you know, a drawing. Like, I don't know. They were, we were just trying to draw, like, yeah. random stuff. Yeah. And you, you notice, like, in the Crayola, you know, mm. they're different colors. Yeah, right? yeah. So you pour out the Crayola, uh, Crayola colors, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, as the, even as a kid or even now, you want to go for the primary colors, yep. the secondary colors. Yeah. And... But there was this uh, lady, Latina, I've ca- I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, I think you should use the black and brown one. <laughs> and I was like, and I paused for a second. I yeah. looked at her and I was like, holy shit. I never actually, I, I actually never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if you notice Adura, she was like, you notice Adura, like the black and brown one is the one that is not usually used yeah. a lot. Yeah. When pour out a Crayola box. Yeah. And that concept of black and brown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I saw this first cover of Umber, I was like, oh, I see what he's getting at. <laughs> the fact that he is still using physical media yeah. and using, by the way, the the colors that mm-hmm. don't usually get used as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of typography, yeah, yes, yeah. use black. Yeah. But the mix between brown and black and cream and those yeah. in those colors that represent mm-hmm. a lot of people of color in yeah. terms of our skin range is so yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like and I even even through flipping through the pages, it's like wow. It's like I've not seen any other um, medium mm-hmm. of print. Prince, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, of yeah, yeah. that just appreciates black and brown so yeah, much. So yeah. it always, anytime I, I look into your issues, mm-hmm. and I, I've read, I think I've read some few, few, um, few chapters, but it just reminded me of that moment mm. of that workshop. I was just like, 
wow, the little things, yeah. the little details. And it also makes me think of you because you also pay attention to the little th- details that not a lot of people yeah. pay into attention. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of enough of enough of that was <laughs> what really brought me into what you what you and your team were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what does starting from zero means yeah. to you? Yeah. Um so starting from zero is funny because I think when you think of hip hop, hip hop kind of kind of starts from zero, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're kind of you're if you don't if you don't have a culture that you identify with, you make your own culture, right? And so I didn't see a magazine that I identified with, so let me make my own magazine. So I think that's really what it was, whatever. So I think even if you even if you are starting from zero, um, there is there is like a there is a minus one minus two minus three exactly. you know what i'm saying so you so you start to add up the things that that is minus right or the things that's not there when you add when you add those things up so okay now i have enough of these negative numbers to now make a one hmm. now I make a two mm-hmm. and i make a three right mm-hmm. so i think that's really what it is that so i think you know when you start from zero you realize that there actually is some numbers there that have that has not been seen yet some invisible numbers, and that's how you start to make your one and your two. Mm-hmm. So I think I really starting from zero is, is a is a is a good space to be creative, mm-hmm. right? And make your own world when you start from zero versus like starting from something else. So I think you know uh, starting from zero is, is a good place. It's kind of daunting at the same time because you have no template, you have no um, no place to like. Oh, let me start from here. Right, so it becomes like your own identity. So I think if you're an artist and you are a creative, you always start from zero. Always start from zero. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, because it's funny, you also put imaginary numbers mm-hmm. in there, in terms mm-hmm. of negative, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people, like, when they look at my logo, yeah. the zero dot, 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 yeah. that came to me of just like, you can begin any way you want. Yeah. You know, yes, you know, some people can say zero, one, four, whatever, mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever beats a measure that you want. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know. It's like, okay, you can go back, you can go negative or whatever. It's yeah. up to you of where you want to start and yeah. make your own beginnings. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm glad at least that, that, <laughs> that you really were able to just like, elaborate on yeah that well thanks for that question because I, yeah. I never even really thought about starting <laughs> from zero like, yeah. i never thought about what that looks like but as soon as you said it i visualized like i already started seeing like you said the imagine i already started seeing the imaginary numbers yeah. the things that wow. people don't see right mm-hmm. and so i think it's that coming from you know a space where um because I think when you see a zero you you it makes you think that way so there's something else here that people aren't seeing Mm-hmm. There's something else here that is in my mind that um, um, that I know that other people I've seen are looking forward to. So I think starting from zero is that. Oh man, I, lo- I love that. I don't. It was that. that yeah, I love that <laughs> starting from zero because I think yeah. that's just you know a way to where it forces you to find those invisible numbers. It mm-hmm. forces you to find those imaginary numbers, those those negative numbers. Because mm-hmm. usually, you know, you can make a negative into a positive. You just yeah. keep adding up those negatives and then, oh, boop, here's something that's yeah. actually, yeah. you know, real. So, um, that's deep. No, no, it, it, it does make sense. And with that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how you visually, like, tell me about what, what was that first thing that really 
because you're also a creative, you're also an uh, you're yeah. also an artist. Yeah. I still can obviously consider you an artist. Yeah, yeah. Graphic design and stuff yeah. like. Tell me about your beginnings in terms of what brought you into that medium. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say hip hop. Mm. Hip hop definitely um, brought me into the medium because you know if you think of hip hop as a culture, right? There's the four elements. There's rapping. There's graffiti, which is art. Um, there's music. Uh, well. There's DJing, yeah. which is the music form, and then there's there's dance, you know, which is uh which is b boying and, and b girls. So I think like those, hip hop definitely was the one that sparked my. I mean, I've always, I always was a drawer, like I always mm-hmm. drew things because my dad's a visual artist. Um, so I, a lot of that was I didn't grow up with him, but that, a lot of that was inherent in in me. I remember seeing images of him drawing as a kid, but I always just drew right, and so I think. Um, then when I found hip hop, maybe uh, gotta be in the early, early in the early eighties. Um, when I found hip hop, and then I realized, that, oh, I mean, I think it was instantly as soon as I knew hip hop existed, I knew about the other elements of it. Right? It wasn't just like, oh, there's rapping. I didn't know anything else. Like I knew about, I knew about graffiti. Yeah. Um, I knew definitely like I would say, graffiti and um, b boying. And rapping was the first three things. And then, de- like, I feel like, no, all of it, all four elements was the same. I've, I've, I found them out around the same time. And so, and because of my love of hip hop and music, um, definitely music first and hip hop second, um, I was like, I want to be a part of all aspects of hip hop. Whatever I can do, I want to be able to do. I ruined my mom's record player. <laughs> um, I would try to, you know, I, I, I always was a dancer, so I always did, I did that, whatever. Graffiti, my cousin um, would always draw, like, bubble letters and, you know, mm-hmm. different, like, graph writing styles. So I would always do that. And then, um, so I think every rapping I always try to do because um, I just like just the words and, and the melodies and stuff. And so... That was the beginning. I, I would say, like, Umber really started from hip hop. That's mm. the that's the root of it. And then, you know, as I got older, um, and I realized, you know, um, you know that you can actually make money from doing art. Um, that was the thing. And then, even also too, with hip hop, with, with graffiti, sparked my interest in fonts and typefaces, right? Because that's 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 all you're doing. You're you're trying to make the most innovative letter possible right in some cases where graffiti is hard to read it but then you make a cool like whether it's a bubble letter or just you know with a drop shadow yeah. there's always you know with dimensions and stuff like that so i think hip-hop was was the start everything wow. in terms of me being a creative and finding a channel for that um creativity definitely hip-hop i mean when i was a kid i used to design sneakers not knowing mm. I was designing sneakers. Every brand you would think of, I would draw, whether it's Brooks, Adidas, you know, Reebok, Nike, of course, um, Puma, all the random sneakers I was just draw, right? Because I was drawn to it because of hip-hop, right? Hip-hop was all about mm. my Adidas and, and the fat laces um, back in the 80s and stuff. And so I feel like, you know, hip-hop was that that one to give me a channel to put my my need to to draw on paper wow that's why i tell people never underestimate the medium like you really attracted to because that's yeah. usually what like gives you that motivation to actually do what you want yeah. yeah and um what was that vinyl that dropped that really got you into hip-hop oh oh man so <laughs> well i'll say this it was a tape because back then uh-huh. 
Because my mom, she had records, but it was always like either R&B or gospel. Yeah, that yeah. was her thing, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it was a tape. And I remember it was um, um, it was Jam On It by Nucleus. Jam On It. Jam yeah, On It. Yeah. That was the song. And then there's a song called White Lines mm. by I think it was... Um, it was Mel and Mel, which is a song about actually doing drugs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know as a kid. I was like, "White Lines." That a man. All the it, all the all the music we've mostly listened to, we didn't even know it was about drugs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, drugs. all everything, particularly back then, because I was like, you know, I think, but definitely with I was say Mel and Mel and and, yeah. and Grandmaster Flash, they were the first ones to not do just party records. They were doing records about real. Sh- I could say shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real shit that happened. Yeah, it's a fucking conversation. That's what you're talking about. This, this ain't fucking NPR. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, they were talking about shit that happened in New York City. Shit that happened in the ghetto, right? And so, um, so yeah, they were giving you real stuff. And so, I think it was definitely it was jam on it. And then in terms of vinyl, I remember realizing that they sampled James Brown and my mom had the James Brown record. Mm-hmm. So that's the record I ruined. I ruined like that <laughs> shit is all listen, <laughs> shit is all scratched up. I still have it to this day. Um and when I was a kid I would oh, just man. I would her turntable or record player was not meant was not meant for that. Mm. So I ruined her needle, ruined her record. <laughs> and years ago she was like, well if you told me what you were doing, I would have bought you a turntable. I should have, oh, I should have, wow. I should have explained to her yeah. what I was doing. She yeah. didn't know. She just saw me ruining her records. <laughs> so I think I would say James Brown was the record I remember messing, nice. like messing. It was Hot Pants, um, ah. and on the record cover, there's a pictures of a woman's ass in some hot pants and mm. really, really short shirt, short shorts. <laughs> Um, booty shorts basically <laughs> right and so and then on the um, yeah that was on the the back of it on the front cover was James Brown of mm-hmm. course but on the back was rest in peace yeah rest in peace James Brown um, so yeah James Brown vinyl um, hip hop record um, was um, uh, was jam on it and I remember the first time I saw physically saw somebody DJ or scratch was Herbie Hancock so wow. I got put on the Herbie Hancock because of hip hop, not because of jazz. Not knowing he had this whole, whole career, side, yeah. whole other side of him that was he was known for. He's fucking awesome, man! Like, that dude, man, that today. dude. And so he kept constantly reinventing himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was, you know, played with Miles Davis Obviously. when he was like a teenager. And so, but I remember it was I think Grammys, one of those mm-hmm. award ceremonies, and then he was performing Rocket. On the show, I'm getting chilled. I'm thinking about yeah, Lord, mercy, no, man. seriously. Um, and he, the guy was, um, I think it was Grandmaster Flash. No, the guy who was DJing was Grandmaster DXT, I believe, mm-hmm. something like that. And he was on the stage mm-hmm. and just seeing, like, oh, you that's what the video. Yeah, man. you guys see the video, dude. Like in the video, but the video itself, like the the music video, was scary as shit because <laughs> it's like Muppets. There's no, there's no people. There's no um, human beings in the mm-hmm. the video, just like these Muppets, right? And I was f- freaked out about Muppets when I was a kid. Like Muppets, <laughs> Jim Henson, fine, but like any type of like dark crystal, <laughs> dark weird crystal. dark crystal, dude. Listen, you know there's a new one. Right I know. Now. I'm not seeing that shit. You're not seeing it. No, no, no. I, you dude, are listen. scared of dark yes. crystal. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that shit as a kid, dude. As a kid, I saw dark crystal. Like this shit is freaky. So all those Muppets, like. 
a puppet movies like puppet thunder thunder uh thunderbird like thunderbird was just weird to me it was just weird to me i was like i don't what i don't the the, the marinettes whatever that like i can't i can't do that shit man because i would have vivid because as a creative right you i'm a visual thinker Mm. so if you say something i'm going to visualize that right Mm. but dark crystal was too much like it was too much and the little the the bird looking people and Yo, one time they kind so, of so that means Jason and the Agona scared the fuck out of you I or never saw like, that one. Oh, dude wait a second like, what was that there was like oh man you should you that? should see that because they do it was around the stop motion and love like puppets and yeah and I'm, okay like yes that. yeah nah yeah. couldn't do that <laughs> couldn't do that and so back yeah. on track so with Herbie Hancock video was, was scary as shit yeah right Thriller couldn't watch like Thriller that was too scary for me nah man it took me dude it took me until like high, it took me until college like, I'm like 20 serious? years old I can finally look at Thriller dude we're in Thriller you know what the part when he turned there and like ha ha yeah ha, yeah ha, all, yo, all of that like, dude when I was, when I was younger it, it scared the fuck out of me and I was oh recipes MJ but it's like that part that was the only part of the video that scared me yeah man, and this, the turning yeah, what, and it was well, so listen, good well listen Michael so Jackson good. I don't know how we get on the subject word but it's fine <laughs> it's fine but tangential Michael Jackson even when he did um the Wiz mm-hmm. at Scarecrow that yeah. shit the Scare- Wiz, oh, come on. Listen, it was adorable as a listen, scarecrow. The, but the Wiz, though, was scared. You know what it was? It's how he moved. Mo- the movement, right? Like, <laughs> listen, how was he able to move like that? Like, his body was, like, contorting mm-hmm. and twisting. And it just the way he was unreal. was, like, not like a real, like, what real person can do that. For such a visual artist, you were scared of costumes yeah, and man. shit. Well, even... <laughs> Michael Jackson again, like something this weird dynamic between Michael Jackson and fear. Um, so I remember when my mom took me to see the concert when he this was after Off the Wall, right before like Thriller. Um, and he did a tour with his brothers, mm-hmm. the Victory Tour. Yeah, and my mom took me to that show. So I had wow, to be the this had to be early 80s, maybe 82, 83. 82 sometime and they had this one song called Feel It Can You Feel It Can You Feel It Oh yeah So in the video they are tall walking in the video they're like giants Yes they're like, I remember the video You couldn't do it Freaked me the fuck out dude I'm telling you man I'm telling you man listen I'm gonna have dreams after this shit man oh I'm gonna have dreams of, so like just dude. that visual of him walking tall like I had this yeah mm-hmm. that's real that's I weird that. I remember that video cause so I had a fear of tall people <laughs> cause yeah like the the stilts in the yeah, circus the stilts, yeah oh my gosh she would freak me out man <laughs> weirdest fear i could understand the whole muppet and what because it was part part of my childhood that scared the shit out of me because it, it but was, when you see but when you see the evolution of uh cgi and yeah. also good doors those days it looks stupid but it's funny like how in those days like that got you yes yeah. you just you, you have a new appreciation of like wow like they really worked hard yep. with stop motion with yep. um with masks and everything yeah. that you guys granted, but that's so funny or usual. Because I think that you know what the, you know what it is though is that it's the it looks real enough. Yes, it looks like that can actually be a real thing, right? But also too, 
Oh, this is not a weird tangent. Um, it's fine. It's seeing people in intense makeup mm-hmm. freaks me out, man. <laughs> You're like that. Free is like wh- where's the real person? <laughs> I feel like if something could like. Once you go back to Michael Jackson, yeah. when he got the whole yeah, stuff the changed, whole right? Weird it's cat like thing going on. It's like, wait a second. I feel like if you just touch it, it'll break apart. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the fragility of it. It yeah. seems very fragile, right? Almost like almost like a prop, like something fake. And so, um, so I think that's what it was. It was that very just like that very just like if you were to touch that thing, it would just break apart in your hands, mm-hmm. and you're seeing the. Oh my gosh, man! You're seeing like the, <laughs> the um um the the visage of like yeah, but it's like it's delicate, mm-hmm. right? I see what you mean. There was one scene in Dark Crystal <laughs> when you know it's like it's you know if you're weak, they're they're gonna come at you. There yeah. was just there yeah, was one was scene there. where this guy, I guess, some type of council, they were all surrounding mm-hmm. him, and and he was talking, and then it's like, nah, you're weak, and then they all just started attacking him. Right before you know it, they rip off all oh, of his so, yeah. clothes. Yeah, now so he's like this weird skeletal skeleton. Kinda, he's yeah, like that shit. It. That was the part, man. <laughs> so in, in reality, even as you as a creative, you can't deal with the three D world. But three D is fine. <laughs> 3D, it can get it gets overwhelming. It's funny because we did a, yeah. a uh, an article on um on virtual reality for issue two. Mm. And I remember being, um, so in order for me to do the graphics for it, I want to like actually do it, mm-hmm. right? And so like, how do you have a conversation in print media about um, virtual reality? Mm-hmm. And so the uh, so my partner, Monica, who wrote the article, and she's been helping out with Umber ever since we did um, Shouts out Monica. Um, our Kickstarter campaign, Monica mm-hmm. Joe. So she, mm-hmm. come from that, she comes from that world. And so her and her husband were the first ones to do um, VR as a wedding in nineteen in the in the in the late late nineties, they did they had a virtual reality wedding. Wow! And so late nineties, late nineties. So, so so she's been ahead in, of your time. She's been in it from she's been in it from jump right, and so now that is sick. So anyway, so she wrote this article about it. Right? I said, like, all right, I need to experience it. So mm-hmm. I'm at her house and we're in VR. And I'm in this space where everyone's like, this whatever one, oh my gosh, I forgot the program we're in, but you can make art inside of it. Mm-hmm. You can actually create. And then this one team actually made um, a, a visual, uh, um, um, uh, 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 a immersive comic book mm. we actually are in you're, you're actually in the comic you're book. in the comic you're seeing things you're happen seeing the pages you're seeing the page open up and coming at you and oh, all I kind of it, it was beautiful it was amazing right but at some point when i came out of it my perception was all thrown off oh yeah 100%. because i'm just like wait a second how close are you yeah are you like right in my yeah. face or are you really far, far away? Right? I, I'm for real. This is what, look, I'm, I, I love technology. Yeah. But yeah. I also love things to hold on to. Yes. I love reality and yes. stuff like that. So as much as I love where VR is going mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's going to be, yo, it's going to do, it's going to turn into matrix you know, yep. before we know it yep. within our lifetime. I'm yep. not even kidding. Yeah. And, Part of what I'm worried about is like of you see you were even got out of it mm-hmm. like dealing with perception yep, uh, yep. like problem yeah but when when 
when's it gonna go to the point of reality problem mm. so it's kind of like it's gonna come to a point that people would not want to get out i know there are a lot of movies like that but that's one of the reasons why i love sci-fi because yep. a lot of all this shit even with star trek and everything a lot of this shit is already happening yes, right now man. so it's kind of like where is that balance of where we're gonna deal deal with even as humans you where, know? Where here's a crazy thing about it when i was in that space what grounded me was my hands mm. seeing my hands in the vr right because i'm making artwork inside of it right and so right before you get to the next thing when you're like in purgatory i guess in the holding pattern the when you're waiting for the program to boot up yeah. you see your hands right but you see your hands not not filled in it's it's empty inside of it wow because vr can't tell you what's inside like it just yeah, a, it can't it can't no. tell you what's inside of the no. the body right no. and so like so you see your hands in there so even in the artwork for the issue for that i just have these these floating hands but that grounded me that made me okay if i could see my hands then i know where i am i know that i'm here and so um anyway so doing that being in that 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 virtual reality um um it was scary in the sense to where like you said like i almost forget you just you're you're it's hard to come back to reality from that and so so hard so therefore you want to just let me just (laughs) let me just stay here yeah right speaking of that did you see the episode of i don't want to black mirror yes with the 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 guy the two friends no, not not yet, dude. I'm so way behind in ba- Black Mirror. Is not even funny. So I'm okay, season two. Okay, so see that. Yeah, let's have another podcast interview after you see that. Oh yeah, definitely. and just talk about that, right? I don't so, care. Yeah. So see that, and let's talk about it because, or we could talk about it off, yeah. off, whatever. See that, and let's really it do is freaky. No. Most it's, of this shit in Black Mirror, y'all, y'all, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, see it. If you're feeling depressed, be very careful. Yeah, dude. Because you, please, I advise you. Here's you, the thing. If here's you're the, in a bad mode, don't see it. Here's, exactly. Here's the thing, right? It's I real. can't. It's so real. It's I can't real. watch Black Mirror too much because it just it depresses me. I I know. Oh my God. It, like it, it. It's a reminder of where things are right now, yes. and we're not too like we're not based, too far from that. No. Dude, listen, whatever's happening, Black Mirror, to your point, like, we're two years away from what they're talking about now. Moore's Law does not, like, does not, it doesn't apply anymore. I keep on telling people, like, this shit are real. We're already even absorbed with our phones and all that shit. So, now, here's the crazy thing, right? How in the hell I'm going to do a print magazine? (laughs) So, let's get to that. I'm going to compete against that. How how can I compete against... (laughs) Virtual reality, right? How can I compete against, you know, Instagram? But, dude, that is what makes me want to talk to you a little bit more. Because, look, it's, look, I tell people, as things are getting a lot, like, very digital, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, there's convenience of that. Mm-hmm. It's going to come to a point that, guys, I'm holding issue one in my hand. Mm-hmm. It's going to come to a point that just holding an issue yep. or something in your hand is going to be so fucking viable. Mm, yes. So yes. I'm going to give you hope of that. Yeah. Right? Yes. Look at this vinyl and my yep. vinyl collection yep. behind me. Yep. Right? Yeah. Vinyl for the past, what, five, 10 years mm-hmm. is still retaining value. 
You the, know why? Because of the authenticity. Authentic, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't even say it. Say it because of how dope it is. I'm yes. going to say that. Or yeah. how dope it is to hold something yes. in hand yes. and look at the art and turn. And even, even, even there's some vinyls that they'll. Like they will have like lyrics in it. Yeah, there you go. Well, see here. Yo, so, even new new artists are they also making. Yeah, well, here's the doing thing. That shit. So vinyl. I'm glad you bought a vinyl. Yeah. So vinyl, holding the records, um, looking at the liner notes. Yeah. Look and see who who does what, um, who's on bass, who's on guitar, who's who they're inspired who by. Everything. The, the producers. Everything, everything. Right. Engineer. Yeah. That experience is is the experience I want you to have with Umber. I want you yes. to to hold the printed magazine and look through it and actually have a, a tangible experience through media, right? And so beautiful things about the beautiful thing about vinyl and print media is that you are embedding the art in the medium, in the physical thing. Like is mm-hmm. it is it it's, the sound is embedded in the physical thing. There is no, there's outside of it being put on a turntable and a needle. Yeah. There's no other conduit. There's no, no. other thing to, there's no, no other, other interaction. No, like you're getting straight, you're yeah. getting it from the source, right? And when you listen to music on vinyl, um, depends on how you listen to it, depends on your speaker setup yeah. and all that stuff. You can recreate that moment of how it was created. You can feel like, listen, dude. Talk about VR, virtual. Yeah. That's augmented reality. Yes. V- Life hack. Yeah. Vinyl is augmented <laughs> reality. reality. Oh, shit. Vinyl <laughs> is <drop>. augmented reality. <laughs> Vinyl is analog reality. Yeah, analog reality. We want you to be in the, the same room they yes, were recording. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So, that, so, so imagine putting the headphones in and you're in the, that recording studio with yeah. Led Zeppelin playing <clears throat> yeah. the album four. So... So, so another plug on Four on on the the magazine. So we did um, issue issue three was on on was was sound was the sound issue right, and we did an article on oh, um, on um, uh, harmonic integration. Yes, right. What do you need to do? How you should set? How should you set up your speaker, your your stereo system to recreate that musical moment? How should you? Where should the speakers be? Mm-hmm. So when you close your eyes, you're hearing. Um, uh, you're hearing Anderson Pock, right? You hear you you hear Anderson Pock. You close your eyes, okay? Anderson Pock, he's right in the middle singing. Um, the bass while player drums. Well, while playing drums, the bass player is <laughs> is on the left. Is on the left. The guitar player yeah, is on the right. Yeah. The backup singers is sort of like off to, off center, right? Close your eyes. You can recreate that moment, right? So here's the thing. In in, in terms of sound and music. Sometimes listening to music is a secondary act. You listen to it while you're driving, while you're cleaning up, yeah. while you're having company. Yeah. What if listening to music is the primary act? Whoa. What if you just sit down and just absorb? Absorb. Music. Don't do. Don't, don't do, do a shit. damn thing. Don't do shit. Sit in your sit your ass on the couch. Maybe you could sip a little, you know, some Hennessy or sip mm. a little, you know, sip some wine or beer mm. or some tea or hot chocolate, whatever, and just listen to the music. Don't do nothing else. What if it is the primary act of what you're doing? It, it causes you to stop doing everything else, right? Yeah. That's the space and the time that you need to really absorb what you're, what you're experiencing. 
when it's the when it's the primary, not secondary, not tertiary, not background, not background. Like you actually are sitting down with that moment. That's how you can recreate that moment. That's how you can see that, right? If you're doing virtual reality, that's the primary. That's the primary act. It's not secondary. It's your totally in, in immersed in that thing. So I feel like with same thing with vinyl. The best way to listen to vinyl, uh, to me, the vinyl, because you have to sit in, because you know you got vinyl, then you have to move the needle when it yeah. gets to the end. Because right? it wants you engaged. Yeah. It wants you fucking engaged. So do you know what's funny? Okay, I challenge you guys to try to whatever. Even though sometimes I'll work on something and mm-hmm. I have the vinyl playing. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, there's that twinge in your eye. You're like, oh man, I have to, I have to flip it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, damn, I love that last part. Yeah come back again yep. because it's forcing you to interact with it. Yeah. It ain't like you're on a fucking iPhone and you can skip back. Yes. So remember, now when, that, remember, now, remember with tapes, cassette tapes, you had to you have to rewind, rewind it. Rewind and stuff because it's forcing you to yes. be in the moment. Yes. And do you know what's funny? You actually reminded me it's like, oh well duh duh idiot, it's a primary act. You gotta sit with it. Mm. And you have to sit with it. You have to sit on the floor with it. Last yes. time I sat on the floor with my environment. Well, this this turntable is kind of busted. I'm getting yeah. an audio technica. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, okay. And all of a sudden I sat with it and mm-hmm. I was going through the old records. I was like, oh shit. Yes. I'm getting it right now. Yes. I'm getting why my dad loved it. Yes, yes. It's re- is, so as many chances as you can as you can to recreate that, even if it's not a musical moment, just to recreate that moment. Right, the best way to do that is to make that that thing that you're doing the primary the primary thing that you're doing. Like mm-hmm. not not secondary, not doing something else. You're sitting down with it. So with Umber, I wanted I wanted to create that primary act, that primary mm. experience. Like this is only thing I'm doing is sitting down. Wow. And I'm and so, this shit. I mean I mean if anything, the secondary act to can to Umber to be is to listen to the mix that Nina Soul did yeah. for the Nina Soul. So, so shout Nina out. Soul, she actually um, she um, helped out with the. She was the campaign manager for our Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, I played. When, I had the plate. Like, when, when we did that, uh, two years ago, um, and so then, you know, when I did the sound, I said, "I said, Nina, we have to do a, a we have to do a soundtrack for the issue." Right, we call it the sound mix. So in that case, I wanted to create. I wanted her to create the the soundscape, um, the background music for when you're actually sitting down with the magazine, where you're looking at the visuals, you're reading the articles. You you play her mix to go mm-hmm. to go along with it, right? So therefore, it's not primary or secondary. It's immersive. It's immersive. It's yeah. like it's an all inclusive experience, right? And so I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure if you do VR, you know what I'm saying, and there's soundtrack playing with it like they people make the music so you can have so you can really be all into the experience of this virtual reality so i think um so in that case is like you know i definitely want umber like i said to be that 
that the primary act, whatever, and, and create it to where like, yeah, I want you to be engaged with the print media. Right? And so, for the folks who don't know what the meaning of umber is, uh, correct mm, me if I'm wrong, it's yeah. a shade of brown. Yes, yes. So umber, it, umber means brown pigment from the earth. Yeah, brown pigment from the earth, like the rawest form of yeah, brown Yeah, there pigment. you go. And so, the rawest form of brown pigment. And that's why when I saw issue, I was like, this is raw. I didn't even know what umber meant. Until yeah. I went to the dictionary. I was like, oh, this mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, okay. Like you said, I'm a visual artist yeah. first, right? You know, I'm a, I always tell people like I'm a creator first, artist second, designer third, and then everything else is, just falls, yeah. falls from there, right? And so as a visual artist, when I, when I would paint burnt umber was the color I would use, either burnt umber, uh, raw umber, raw sienna, those are like very, the earth tones, wherever. And so like, when I was coming with the idea for umber um, years ago, um, I was like, Umber, okay, yeah, I want something that is very succinct. Um, it represents what I am as a visual artist and also to whatever. Then, oh, it's going to be printed in black and brown ink. Like, dude, literally in 06, I was like, printed wow. in black and brown ink. So, 06, I had this idea for Umber in, um, in, in 06. And so, it was funny about it too is that, um, you know, so it's printed in black and brown ink because it's written from the viewpoint of black and brown people. Yep. But here's the thing. When I created Umber, um, me being black or me being a person of color was secondary. I just wanted to make a dope magazine. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a magazine where I would see myself in it. So therefore, if you read the magazine, I didn't want to say, hey, this is a magazine of black and brown people. You would look through it and you look at the um, at the contributors like, wait a second. Yeah. After, you, after you go through the whole thing, you realize, that, wait a second, there's only black and brown people in this magazine. Because that, you want you want people to take their attention out of it. Yeah. So it's it's funny. One of yes, the cliches yes. I hate to say mm-hmm. is like maybe there's an issue or an internet article yeah. that say that will fully say like, oh yeah, this is this for black or brown, this for like mm-hmm. but nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. But the fact that you made it, it it's oh, it's so clever mm-hmm. because it's like it, like here's my further. I picked it up. Mm-hmm. In terms of not ex- expecting anything, yeah, right? Yeah. And before I know it, it's like as I was turning the pages and whatever, I see my friend Indu, mm-hmm. and I was, like, yeah. I was like, oh, and I went and I saw like, oh, it's, it's towards people of color. Yeah. But it, it doesn't show you necessarily that, oh, this is a people of color um, uh, if you magazine. Talk, if you talk to most people who are creative or just... Anything yeah. that you do, right? You're passionate about what you do. You want to be known for the best at what you do. Amen. If you're an engineer, I want to be the dope ass engineer. Yeah. I want if I if I'm a lawyer, hire me because I'm a great lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's people who do want to like you know hire me, you know, based on my, our identity. Like if you see a lack thereof, you want to say, hey, we're doing this too. So, um, in making umber, like I was, I was to be honest with you, I was hesitant to say that this is black and brown. I used to say, um. Oh, what what's he say? Oh gosh, distinctive people. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, we are you distinctive, sneaky, sneaky. Di- distinctive people, right? That was the that was the first day. That at some point, and to my surprise, once again, I went into it like making a dope magazine that happened to have black and brown people. And when I did the Kickstarter campaign, got the got the funding, um, did issue two. It wasn't until issue two when I realized, oh, wait a second, people resonate with the fact that it's black and brown people 
people resonate with the fact that yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of this. We don't we don't see ourselves this way. Represent. And of course, there's black mm-hmm. magazines out there. Yeah. There's there's media that's all about black and brown people people of color. Um, but what I what I didn't see is black and brown people who are nuanced. Mm. who are just creative who like don't they don't fit within any type of like paradigm or any type of um monolithic representation of themselves right they're just like they just they they really really love bicycles and they want to just talk about that right (laughs) and their identity how they identify themselves that the cultural heritage just comes through in the vernacular in the conversation yeah. in the dialogue not in saying hey I'm a black person and I mm-hmm. love to do this no mm-hmm. no I fucking love to make comic books you know I love cooking yeah. I love rubber mm-hmm. oh my gosh the, the rubber how you make the rubber from the factory mm-hmm. and the this and that mm-hmm. like the rubber tree like yeah. you just want geek on and that and then through you talking about your experience of being a rubber master you kind of say, yeah, I realize I'm the only black person doing this. Or, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever, what have you. Like, you, it kind of, it's a secondary thing, right? And so, I want to make Umber to where it's like, is very, is is clear what it is. And so, at, diff, at this point, you know, Umber is of black and brown people. But Umber is definitely for everyone. I want everybody to read it. But really, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's us to see ourselves in it. Yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying. So I think, but I really didn't see, I really didn't realize that people would resonate so much to the fact that it is black brown people. So then I shifted a little bit. Mm. To be honest with you, I was like, you know what? Let me talk about this shit because nobody's really, you know, I want I want people to know the intention because I don't want to have somebody say, hey, can I be in a magazine? And they're not a person of color or they're not black and brown. Like where you know. You know, this is really for, this yeah. is our space to us for us to be to feel safe and comfortable and be, yeah. be vulnerable. You can see it, but it's really for us to just talk about that because, dude, I am talk. Maybe you could talk about this from your experience no in your in your in your career. Like, there's some cases in my job. I knew I was the only one. I, I probably was the first black person, black man there. Okay, yeah, I'm the I'm the first one here. I don't think this, and I'm not saying that I feel like. I, I'm not saying they purposely hired me to fill their diversity quota or whatever, but like I realized, okay, ain't nobody else been here but me. And I don't want to be that black representative in my company. I don't want to be that one say, hey, you know, as a black person, we should really be looking at this. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, you really shouldn't be saying that shit. Because I'm tired of that shit. I'm so, oh, dude, right, so let me just be in a space... Where I could just talk my talk and don't have to preface it with as I a know. black person or as a person of color or as being from Nigeria. Like, no, I'm just. I'm just who I am. I'm just who I am. Right? So I want to create a space where you can just be who you are. You're creative. You look at the world differently. You engage with the world differently. You look at shit differently and just be you. Mm. Right? And so, um, so that's really what it is. And so I'm getting off on a tangent. Like, all, no, this, it's fine. all this diversity stuff. I'm telling you, dude, this is a fad. All these mm. people, like, they're, they're, when people are thinking about DNI, um, you know, diversity and inclusion, they're having all these initiatives and doing all this stuff, whatever. Like, listen, they aren't looking at it as this is what it should be. They want to have their little events, have the little things that, that, that to make sure that they, they have their, their, you know, they're addressing these certain platforms, yeah. but they're not looking at it for like, let's, what's the long, long term, long term plan. Yeah. 
what's the five, six-year plan? Yeah. What's the plan to where, like, it's not even a plan anymore, right? And so I'm just curious to see when it's not as sexy to say that, you know. In DNI. <laughs> in DNI, when it's not sexy to see what's going to happen, right? And so my hope is that when 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 this thing's died, when this thing, you know, you know, when it hopefully will, I mean, not hopefully, but I think it will kind of fall to the wayside at some point, um, that at this is the time to like if you are a person of color doing something that is very uniquely different yeah this is the time to like so yeah to grind man because right now because people are like looking for us to like hey i'm looking for somebody who has a podcast you know and a yeah. person i'm looking for that right and so therefore when it at least when it when it starts to fall by the wayside we'll still be doing, doing our, our thing yeah right because we're already we already kind of took that wave and just kept doing it you know what i'm saying and so look man we're so versatile that we come from a group of people that we need we can create stuff out of nothing yes and i'll tell you that and it's funny you mentioned about dni it's like uh, unfortunately it's it's necessary to to have it mm -hmm. but part of what frustrates me is like the fact that we're in the 21st century and we still need dni yeah. is what disappoints me but yeah. unfortunately like we still need that to show that yo companies like yeah yeah, yeah like even the fact that like do we still need to do this shit yeah. you know but it's it's necessary to show like law visibility like yo this is important yes. in terms of yes. diversity and inclusion yeah. and yes there are some dni folks that don't that they try to just make it look sexy and mm -hmm. they don't focus on the mission. And mm -hmm. yes, they also some DNI that like, yo, we need to like, yo, can you please let us pay attention to yeah, this? Yeah. Is like, and and even as someone, someone someone of color that that it's a, it's part of a team in my company that I'm like the only. So are you, like, are you, are you on, are you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, not the, no, the, no, no, the, I'll the, say it. But yeah. the, we don't yeah. say it anywhere, but, but what was that? I'm interested to know, like, what was the conversation and are you, are you doing double duties? Like you have to mm. do your primary. Okay. This is what you're paying me to do. Yeah. And now there's this other thing that I'm doing too. Do you have to split your time between the two, or is it like all you mean doing DNI stuff? Yeah, versus no, uh, the, the unfortunate thing is like my my current company. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he, maybe he just encouraged me to yeah. definitely talk about that yeah. in the company, but I'm not even a part of DNI any DNI. Oh, okay, group, got it, got it. Unfortunately, got it. yeah, it's like I'm the only in my department. I'm like the only like there's a first first uh black guy and like mm -hmm. the only second black guy yeah, yeah we sit we sit next to each other we don't even talk as much but it's yeah. it's fine it's like we focus yeah we, yeah. we focus on our work and yeah, he's yeah. dealing with some shit i'm doing some shit yeah so it's that type of thing and all of a sudden there because i and i bet both of us were, were so immersed in our work mm -hmm. and there will be some little things that remind us like oh motherfucker you're a person of color and yeah, you yeah. still face like Little little hardships here and mm -hmm. there in terms mm -hmm. of like like you know that type of shit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I want it, and I I feel like we can both say like I just want there to be a point that we don't have to <laughs> wake up from the dream mm -hmm. in a way in mm -hmm. terms of like stare at ourselves and just remember like oh yeah I'm black. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm African because yeah. they said this. You know, it's funny because I mean and, you're reminded. You know, Seriously. every day, every so, day, and somebody's going to like my. Oh, that's right. Shit. Okay, mm -hmm. that's right. I am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you know, because I think there's this 
this space where um that's why there's a need for dni <laughs> fortunately you know yeah there there is a space where i was um how to put this where i not so much want to be um in not not invisible like i want you to see who i am I want you to recognize okay you're obviously a person of color. You're obviously mm-hmm. black. You know, there could be some variations that I don't know about, but this is what you are. Yeah. Um, but then there's also a space where it's like, um, I was telling, talking about, um, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Indu, me and her were talking. And I was like, um, dude, like you're, you know, you're, you're being Nigerian or you're, you're, mm-hmm. no, you're coming from Nigeria. There's a freedom you have to kind of do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you have an awareness. Like I know where, I'm from right. Yeah. I could just kind of like make decisions that yeah. I whatever right. But when you are when you're you know when you're when you're black or then when you're kind of you have the black American experience from yeah. from birth wherever there's just like these things you or you shouldn't do or you shouldn't do or yeah. you label a certain kind yeah. of way because you're doing it or you have that white talk or you doing some whatever shit uh, that you're doing that's not yeah. what it is what it is right. I'm sure this happens globally, mm-hmm. right? But then there's that space where you just want to just do whatever the fuck you want to do and not have to like, not have everything have to be so deep. Yes. Right. I just want to just make, you know, um, and I think that goes back to with Umber is to where even with some of the, the content, like I tell people who are contributors, like, I don't want anything topical. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you want to go in there, that's totally fine. But I really want it to be is like, you know, just, you know, talk about geek about a particular that's why i do themes like just geek about that particular theme that we're talking about um you don't have to the preface it as you know oh well because of society and this like that's going to naturally come out in the conversation it's gonna be part of it it's more it's, i'm just like focusing so that that comes to they, they mean to interject but um you said this is the creative thinkers graphic journal yes but if you were to think of what is Umber's mission statement? Mm, so Have you decided what that is yeah. because that's really important. Yeah, as well. yeah. So yeah. Um, right now, the you know the 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 mission is to is to globally highlight the creative nuance of Black and Brown people in print media. Wow, I mean that's the that, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's it right so like it, oh my god it, so, so, that's awesome so, so yeah. when I say it wasn't the way you laid it out right? so, so when I say um, creative nuance that is you don't have to be an artist to be creative right you could no. just you could think you could just look at the world creatively right but when you are creative and you're a person of color there's gonna be a little nuance in how you look at that there's gonna be a little yeah. little well some subtle things that you're going to how you're going to approach it right and so um so that is what it is like highlighting our our nuance as as creative people where you know i'm saying it's some in the best way i feel like the best way to do that is in print media so that is the that's the the mission that's that's what i want to accomplish with doing number just highlighting us you know highlighting how 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 we are, are creative and how we are nuanced and how we engage with the world that's that's it. Mm. Everything else is, but in print media, that's that's it's it. Gonna come, it's gonna come along. So a- anything else that extends from that, beautiful. I want Umber to grow. I want Umber to do all the things he needs to do. But that is the vision. Yeah, that's the vision, right? And so that is the vision and the mission. You know what I'm saying? And so and the values I have, you know, um, definitely like print media and you know and um, the value. One of the values that that we talk about is that. Um, uh, 
visual design, visual art and design is the medium to highlight our viewpoints and perspectives, right? So Umber is a visual arts magazine. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But the visual arts is just the medium to talk about our perspectives. So it's more graphics and visuals versus text. Most magazines yeah. that come out, you write an article and then and there's a block of like a graphic. There you go. Or like you that. do okay. Yeah. Then you have a photographer. Okay, all right, photographer. All right, illustrator. Now draw something to kind of go with this article, right? So I want to flip that to where the Im- is all about the image first, right? And so even with the first issue to the the, the third issue, like the first issue was definitely more text than I wanted, mm-hmm. but. It just something you have to give. Yep. You have to like let me eventually get to that point. And so, I say Umber Magazine, but it's really it's a graphic journal. Mm. Like I said, the creative think, like you said, the creative thinkers. Gra- it's really mm. a graphic journal. So that's the that is the focus. That is the goal. You know. So it's more of a, I want it to be an art table book versus a magazine you see. You know, beside beside like. Like Us Weekly and Bloomberg and and Fast Company, like yes, we're in that space too. Of course, but you know, uh, it's funny. But that's the draw. It's funny that congrats on your no, seriously, congrats on you, your issue being in different places dude also saw 30 um, 30 listen 34 spots dude i got umber sold in 34 places um right in college i won't remember seeing one seeing the sound issue in college yeah listen london shit is in london London, son yeah in chicago (laughs) right and so um because one of the things that i one of the experiences that i always had for me because i was always about magazines i would spend 50 dollars on magazines easy (laughs) <laughs> easy i don't want to see your magazine stacks right listen now. <laughs> and so what but my whole thing is i'll i'll go to a magazine store or a magazine shop books or whatever i'm looking for me mm. now i do see me here there mm. over in the corner yeah but i never see me in one Magazine. Yeah, I never see all of me in one. Because yeah, here's the thing, whatever, right? If you if they if you are in um, if you're in college, right, um, and you have say ten black and brown people there, right? Ten, right? There's going to be a, maybe a not as a much of a, of a variety of those type of black and brown people. They'll be maybe kind of the same ish, yeah. right? Because they're at the school, or whatever, right? See, if you go to like a historical black college, right? You have all these black and brown people. You'll have a more of a variety of the type of black and brown people you're going to see because they're in mass. You may see one guy who's in the punk, then you may see one woman who's mm-hmm. into, you know, who's in the science fiction. You may see one person who's into reggae. You may see one person who's into, you know, Frogs and shit, right? Visit Atlanta, man. So, so I'm saying though, but that, but here's the, that's the thing with it, right? Because if if you widen, if you yeah. widen the 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 spectrum. scope, mm-hmm. the spectrum of black and brown people, you'll get more of a variety. But if you only lessen it in a particular space, right? You know, I'm assuming most black and brown people who work at any of these tech companies, right? They're kind of ha- they have may have similar. A taste, yes, right. Similar aesthetics. Do you know what's funny? Do, do you know what you said that mm-hmm. the coworker that sits next to me? Uh-huh. Because when's it, when on our off time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll usually go to Gizmodo because Gizmodo is a website that 
we can pretty much it summarize everything, yeah. you know, Kotaku and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't talk that much, yeah. it's funny because he also sees Gizmodo. So you realize like he's a nerd too. <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd too. So it's kind of like damn it. So it is it's, it's not not like damn it, but it's just more of just like okay, that that's that's to be expected. You know, yes. that's what you're saying in terms of the spectrum because once you are in that limited space, mm-hmm. not just limited space of just like if you see another person of color usually yeah. Yeah. like like that person will probably like show the similar interest there you, you have. But it's so refreshing looking going through these magazines and seeing people in different creative mediums. Yeah, man. I don't even freaking think of. I mean, dude, issue two, I loved it. Mm-hmm. The, the tactile relationship yes. in terms of like exploring different ideas of what you know, because we're, they're so we're so used to the monolithic yeah, type of relationship, go. but it's like, yo, actually, yep. th- this other th- this other stuff exists within yes. the black or brown community. Yep, and yep. seeing the wonderful photos, I forgot her name. Like in terms of. Uh, that took a lot of photos in there. God damn it. Like Sasha Kelly? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes Sasha. Yeah. So Sasha, um, I actually met Sasha when I did a prototype of Umber in 2012. Mm. I did like a small run, 100 copies. And just so let me just see if this thing works, right? And so Sasha, she did the photography for the whole entire issue. Wow. And so I'm beautiful. And, and yeah. so she, you know, we're she I'm probably her, you know, at least twelve or ten years older than her, whatever, but she's my OG. Because I've known awesome. her for that long and I've seen her grow, whatever. And so um but yeah, I mean that's back to your point, that's the thing whatever. Like when you have a, a space where you open it up, you know, and so like I said, I would see myself in these different magazines, but they all all the people in there are like the same kind of people. Yeah. Cause there's only like four or five of them. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to fit within the 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 category the category of that magazine, mm-hmm. right? And so, anyway, so back to I did Umber to I wanted to see myself on the shelves. So the experience is I did it in, in my Kickstarter video. I'm going into issues, huge shout out to Issue Shop um, off of Piedmont. Hey, they've been supportive of Umber from day one. I shot my. I'm a Kickstarter video there. They've been selling out Umber all the time. Um, but going to issue shop, whatever, and look for magazines, I wanted to see me on the shelf. So what yeah. I would do, do I would go, before I even had the magazines printed, I would go to magazine stores and show them a prototype of Umber. Say, hey, I got this new magazine coming out. We're doing the Kickstarter campaign. Nice. Would you like to sell the magazine at some point? Before I leave, I would put the magazine in the shelf and take a picture of it. Mm, every store yeah. the visual just mm. put out every store I would do that dude and so then when the magazine is printed I go back to the same store and put the real issue the real it, issue there oh dude, that you, must be dude listen I mean that's <laughs> you have to you almost have to like visualize you have to visualize it man you have to like the, the, to have an idea in your head that you, it's there that is there Affirm it. and then you see it and it's like and then before you know it you know Making a magazine is diff- is hard. I've sacrificed a whole lot to get this thing done, right? Um, so to have that thought, then to go through all this shit, all this, you know, coordination, figuring shit out, whatever, you know, being broke, not having money, having a little money, think you have money, then you don't have money, and then to make it, <laughs> then to see it there, and it's like, here's the thing. Anything that you do up until this point right now yeah. is a culmination of your life up until this point. This conversation right now is a culmination of your life up until this point. Mm. 
whatever we did to get to this point right now, me and you, knowing you for five, mm-hmm. however long I'm yeah. knowing you now, um, at least five years now, right? Everything that you did got us to this point right now, right? So just imagine all of that, but you put it into a thing. Hmm. This conversation, this podcast is a culmination of your life up until this point. Every From the time you were born to the time you went to college, live here, live there mm-hmm. is right now. So what if you put all of that into the physical thing? That's what Umber is, dude. Man, Everything that I experienced. like that, I didn't even think far, that far. That that's ahead. what it is, though. Mm-hmm. You have to think about that. When you're at your job, right? You're sitting at your job, whatever. Yeah. You're working on something, whatever. Think about, holy shit. Everything, Everything I did this. got me to this point right now. Yeah. And just imagine putting that into a thing. And so that's what, you know, real talk. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I really do the umber to have a, have a portfolio. Because people would hire me because I do graphic design for people, logos, marketing, whatever. Can you believe it? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Real talk. Here's the thing, right? People say, people know that I do design. Oh, can you do a logo for me? Do you even know how my shit looks? Do you even know if I'm good or not? Yeah. yeah. And then, so like, you know what? Let me, if, let me show you. This is, if I'm my own client, this is what I would do for myself. This is my approach. So Umber is my art form. Umber is my, Umber print media is my canvas. Print media is how I decide if I'm going to be, what type of artist I want to be. So I think of layout as art. I fucking love layout. I love putting things here and moving it there, like making things fit and not fit, make it kind of be off-centered, Forgot what the contrast is, what the negative space is, composition, proportions, all that. I noticed when uh, I was helping you set up for that um, in... um, Bandcamp. In Bandcamp. Yeah. I I noticed your level in detail of like where to place those Yeah, man. Like, And I was like, oh, I see why he said this. Yes. You know, so it's it's very evident in All layout. Yeah, all layout placement. But that to me is an art form. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, my, my thing is, okay, let me... Let me do the thing that I want to do. Let me make my portfolio and just hopefully maybe somebody will would be would want to be a part of it. Mm. Right. And so don't don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I do most of everything with Umber, but I have a huge support of folks like you, Nina, Sasha, Adria, Indu, like all these people like they, you know, because we have a print magazine, you need contributors. And so my goal, my joy, I I tell every contributor is that my joy is to make the magazine, is to take your perspectives and to visually design and illustrate your viewpoint on this theme. That is my goal. Mm. So I want to show you in the best light. Of course, it's going to be in an, uh, in the Umber aesthetic, black and brown, the whole the visual narrative of Umber. But really, I want to showcase your brilliance. You know mm. what I'm saying? And so mm. like, I, you know, when I get contributors, people always ask, how do you get an Umber? Like, there is no, pro- there is no open submission. I can't manage that. There isn't mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, this like, it's all about dialogue and conversation. I always tell people the flagship experience of Umber is print media and dialogue. Keep it simple, man. Keep, I have keep to keep it, it simple. simple. I have to keep it simple. I mean, you know, that's only that's the only way I would make sure that my joy happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I have to, you know, my joy in terms of making a magazine definitely is paramount. You know what I'm saying? Because that every, back to the whole, the culmination of my life up to this point, every piece of umber, there's a piece of me in it. You're physically getting a piece of Mike Nichols in this magazine, mm. along with these other amazing people. So I'm always inspired by the contributors in the magazine. They make me want to make my shit better. They make me want to make Umber better, 
writing or something. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's in the way towards like it's it's a it's a um um I keep saying joy because it is a joy to oh, to meet people, to hear their process, hear how they approach um their practice, their creativity, their vision, and then to try to and for them to trust me to put their aesthetic in the magazine, their viewpoint in the magazine with my vibe, that's trust, dude. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like, okay, Mike, okay, um, you can, um, you can, you can, you can tell my story, right? You know, I'll let you tell my story. This story is dear to me, right? I'm going to let, here, you can, you can use that in order to, but to spread the message, right? Because I really want to make Umber a beacon. Is there, am I the only one out here like this? Am I mm. am I the only one who think like me? Mm. There has to be more people than me. I can't I can't be alone here. No, right. And so the 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 humbling experience of people liking Umber, resonating Umber, you know, excited about Umber, like that to me is like that's like I I, I don't take it for granted. I take nothing for granted. Right, you know what I'm saying? I'm passionate, I'm confident in my ability as a designer, as an illustrator, but I take nothing for granted. Do any blessing or you know fortune that I, that that comes with umbra like i just like yes thank you you know what mm. i'm saying because i need that to keep pushing gratitude you know what i'm saying and so nobody asked me to do this <laughs> nobody's paying me to do this either you know what i'm saying and so um so there's you know like i said there's a lot of sacrifices that i've done to make this happen wherever but this i have no other choice this is why i'm here wow i'm sure there's a bigger thing someplace something yeah. else wherever but yeah. this is Culminates on my life up to this point. Yeah. This is why I'm here. So when you have that that vision, you know what I'm saying of what you want, and it's like it's it's not, you know, is it, it, I don't. It, I'm fortunate to know early on that I knew I was going to be a creative. I knew I was going to draw. I didn't know what kind of draw. I didn't know what kind of designing. But I've been designing. My, I've been I've been designing my whole life, right? So for the first time with Umber, I'm able to kind of like channel it mm. and give it some structure give it a flow give it a rhythm you know what i'm saying versus just like oh let me just do this let me just do that like let me put it in let me put it in a container right and so but um yeah man this is why i'm here dude and, and dude when i uh in terms of the grind in the beginning since like i read your your forward and it's like I think when you say like the truth, man, is like I I don't want to know what the fuck I'm doing. Yep. And it's actually a very common phrase I've actually told like a lot of people doing their own shit. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck do you not know what the fuck you're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I usually have anxiety, so mm-hmm. I have to make sure, yo, what's the fucking plan? Well, here's the but- thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing that sometimes it start always starts off that way though, man. Yo, it always start like, like first you don't know what you're doing. So wait a second. I think I'm getting clearer now. Like, uh, yeah, definitely issue, I- issue one, I was like, can I even do it? Is it even possible? And oh, then man, issue three is, okay, journey. now it's like, okay, all right, now, mm-hmm. I didn't have a vi- I didn't have a mission here. Hmm. Issue one, there was no mission. Yeah, yeah, there was no mission. There was I no know. vision. You just did it. You I just, just did it. You just did it. I, I just I, did it. And then eventually, the mission kind of came, like it, it, anybody has a mission, vision, mission statement, all this shit, whatever, like, it's a living document. You know what I'm saying? Like it's totally living document. Only the the thing that is the thing is that's constant though. Your passion. Mm. Your passion is constant. Your passion drives your mission, right? Your passion drive your your passion keeps your mission going. Your vision just what well, no, no passion vision mission. Hmm. That's where it starts. Passion for if you if you want to make a change about something. Right, 
You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. find something you're passionate in, right? And then let that thing be the the thing that that carries your vision. Passion, vision, mission. Your vision will determine your mission. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a business person, right? I have to have a business e business ish stamp standpoint to to put out umber and get things done, whatever. Obviously. But but um yeah, man, passion first, vision, then mission. Everything else is just like it'll it'll, it'll get come, there. Man. It'll come. Shit, even when I'm doing this podcast, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I, like it, people, like I just people, like, well, what's it going to go uh, be? I was like, no, I'm just want to just fucking have a conversation yep. because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, yep. and I don't know what. I, I know I want to do something for myself, but yeah, this yeah. is kind of like one of those mediums that can. That is real, dude. That logo you see, mm-hmm. the zero dot dot. Yeah, yeah. I put in the. <laughs> I put in the trade commission. Mm. I put in the USPTO. Obviously, nice, I, nice. I, I assume you have that USPTO to those tr- trademark because I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I know it's through this medium and I'm kind of in the final steps for approving it as a trademark. Yep, because yep. that, me going to Canva and mm-hmm. just typing in that zero dot dot in typewriter for mm-hmm. format, whatever mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm does blew my mind i was like okay all right i guess i'll start from here but that's the thing like when when, <laughs> when you when you take that approach it's um it's a commitment yeah. to that thought right yeah. you know i always tell people like printing something is a commitment if you print something you're committed to that there isn't no there isn't no like no. going back like this is done it's printed right so to go through that um in your vision that's making a commitment to it you know what i'm saying and so to 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 find that commitment, to find that focus, to find that that um that courage to do it and make a and stake a claim on it, like brand it, like this is happening. That's everything else. Do everything else will just come into play yeah. once you once you well you've already did the biggest step ever in in terms of making it, doing it, um and all those things. It'll that will that will come. So it's it's okay to not know what you're doing. Cause, but you're still Thank doing. You for reminding me of that. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to. Here's the thing, dude. Like, you don't have to have everything. Fi- nobody no. ever. Nobody ever has anything figured out. Because if you have everything figured out, why do it? Wow. It's already done. Okay, I already got figured out. Okay, what's next? What's next? Right. And so you have to. You know, just in life in general, right? I mean, there are some things that you know where you have to say, okay, is it? Can I take a risk? Do I have enough of of a foundation or enough of a I don't give a fuck this to take a risk on this. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's either or. It's either like I got a little cushion, so if I fall, I'll do whatever. Or I don't have any cushion, but fuck it, I only live once, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so those I think, people I admire a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> the yeah. no cushion people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, I know, you I know, kinda, I, you are kind of the no cushion. Yeah, people. yeah. Yes, I know you I'm sitting, are. I'm, I'm sitting on the cushion now, but. <laughs> Shit, technically, technically, okay. But. Talk about the no cushion. How scary was so that thought? Because you said like initially you were just building up a portfolio. What was that trigger? It says, "Well, like, I'm gonna fucking do do this." Well, I had a little bit of a cushion for issue one because I was working at a full out of. Yeah, I was working a full time job. I designed the magazine, did the kiss harder campaign. Um, all while working a full time job, and I'm a dad, and so um, God bless you. Um, so I did all that, whatever. And so like, there was a little bit of a cushion, and then when I was able to accomplish that, I'm like, okay, why am I at this job? Mm. 
why am I here? And so, and if I leave, I may have a little bit of a cushion. Um, and so we'll see how long that cushion will last. But I can't be, I can't, one, I can't work at the job anymore. Two, I don't want to leave the job working for someone else and go through the same process again. Yeah. I'm too old for that. Or at least I thought I was too old for that. I thought I, I, I still think I am. Mm-hmm. Still think I am. So anyway, so like, you know what? Let me just dip. So right before I launched issue two, I left my job. Oh. I left my job uh, March of last year. February 28th is my last day of my job. Um, and so then, um, but here, you know what is, you almost have to create your cushion as you go. And you're, sometimes your cushion is faith. Sometimes mm. your cushion is, in, is invisible. Sometimes your cushion is, you know, your passion, yeah. is your vision, is your, your community. You know what I'm saying? The people who I've, I moved to Oakland in 08. And I would say, big shout out to Oakland. Like, Oakland is one of the part of most, the most important contributor of Umber, right? I had the idea of Umber in Philly, 06. Mm. I moved to Oakland, San Jose first for like a year and some change. I moved to Oakland yeah. in 08. And so Oakland was like, you know what? Maybe I could do it here. Maybe this, I met some beautiful people. Indu Ardendu, Nina I knew. Um, Kaisha helped out with the campaign. Yeah. Uh, Naima. Shalou helped out with the campaign. And so all these people who I knew, like, you know, Monica helped out. Me and mm. Monica used to work together on my old job. Nice. And so they're all just like, you know what? I ha- that's Sometimes your community is your cushion. Yeah. Right? Like, you may not have the financial cushion, whatever, but, like, your relationship that, you, that you've you built, built. Um, the, the, um, uh, the friendships that you've had, the family that you created sometimes is your cushion. But anyway, so I left my job. And then... Um, to focus on Umber and to focus on my design work. I still do design work for clients. Like I still, that's, that's still, that's yeah, still, still real. freelance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so even now, even if I change the nature, I don't call it freelance no more, right? Because mm. freelance means like it's your side thing, right? Oh, okay. Thanks right. for clarifying. I see yeah. it like, this is my client work. This is my, my job is to design, you know, is to, is to do visual, is to do visual communications for my clients, right? And so, and, if I'm trying to get a client and they want to hire me, you gonna see my portfolio? Check out Umber. Mm. That's that's my that's there that's, you go. That's what I do. I can draw, I can do all these things, whatever. So that becomes the thing, whatever. So anyway, so the cushion it builds itself up. It builds man. itself up, man. It's funny that even so, you're right, doing this business, you're also saying like, yeah, I still have this business. Like, well, here's a magazine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that's really because you know, real talk is that you know, um, you know. Umber, like I want Umber to grow, but I want it to take as long as it possibly yeah. needs to do. Like, drag that shit the fuck out, drag mm. it out. Because if you try I to go, I love the fact that you took your time with it. Because here's the thing: like, you can still go all in, but go all in a very specific thing. Bursts, Bur- exactly. Burst. Go all in in a burst, not just like let me go all in and try to. All these things yeah. I don't know what to do, but yeah. let me just, let me do let me focus on what little I'm good by at. Little, 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 little by little, but let that little by little be very substantial, yeah. very very focused, very yeah. uh, uh, very committed. Yeah. But it's a committed, bur- bam, boom, mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Then you feel. Then let the ripples affect. Then maybe some of those ripples can can create something else, whatever, right? And so, um, yeah. So cushion cushion is good. Ideally, you should have a cushion. 
Um, but, you know, at the same time, sometimes you're, like you said, the cushion will come, right? You know what I'm saying? And so, um, back to the contributors, like all the people who are in the magazine or people who I've had a relationship with mm -hmm. or people who referred to me, who, who referred mm -hmm. to me, you know, who, ref, who referred Refer me, mm -hmm. referral, whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, man, like cushion is good. Is I definitely ideal, you know, but, um. Yeah, man. No, it's amazing. And going back to, <laughs> I love the fact that you called issue one drowning. Yeah. And I read a little bit of that, but I really want you to summarize in like why and vulnerability mm -hmm. and why that touched me is because as as men of color, mm -hmm. um, I feel that even with my Nigerian culture and mm -hmm. whatever, I saw it as a different way of like, we, in terms of vulnerability, mm -hmm. it's, even just hearing that word, it's like, it sounds weak. It's, it's whatever and whatever. And the fact that you even chose that as issue one yeah. touched me in terms of like, we're all drowning in some way. And I, I say this to a few friends, it's like, some people drown in deep water, mm -hmm. but some people drown in shallow water. Yep. I think it's like a Buddhist saying I, I got from somewhere, but it just resonated with yep. me. Yep. We all have, have our depths of vulnerability. Yep. Yep. So why why that topic, if you can just elaborate? Um, yeah. So I have a fear of deep water. Um, I don't know how to swim at all or not the good. Um, and I remember there was a couple of times where I almost, almost drowned um, as a kid. Um, I remember when my mom took me to to, to swimming lessons at the YMCA in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I grew up. And um, you have to, in order to get off your feet, you have to do this this height, this diving board. She was high as shit, dude. I was, <laughs> dude. Listen, I was crying. Yes, I was crying. The fucking. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then I jumped, and it was horrible. It was horrific, and I hated it. Mm. Um. And one time I was, um, uh, fast forward, maybe I was like seven or eight. There was this, this, um, uh, what you call it? The man-made pool, the, the, the wave, wave pools. Well, the wave pools. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's some water park mm -hmm. in Florida, almost drowned Artificial. there. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so my aunt <laughs> saved me from there. And then, so I just, I had this weird thing with water. Mm. And one time I was, um, was, was with. With somebody I was dating at the time, and we were uh, in Santa Cruz, somewhere around there, and uh, we were at the beach. We were just kicking it, you know. I'm like in the water, deep in the water, and um, you know, with the with the water, like you don't know when shit happens. No, you, when those waves come, like you, at one point you feel like you could touch the ground. When the wave comes, you rise up, and mm -hmm. then it becomes yeah. ten feet high, right? Yeah. At one point, this shit happened. I'm just like, I'm literally. I'm parallel to the, the ocean floor. And um, I'm like, holy shit, I'm freaking the fuck out. Then at some point, the wave settled and it's fine. Then I'm like, oh shit, I'm fine. I stayed in the water. Hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. leave. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you feel like you're drowning, instead of, instead of freaking out, stay in it. Stay in it. Do it. See, see what you find in, when you're drowning. Sit in the depths of that water to see what you find. And that's the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and doing Kickstarter campaign, that's the most like vulnerable heartache shit to do because you're <laughs> asking people that you don't know for money. 
You know what I'm saying? Hey, oh, that's the hardest. So if you already have issues with money, yeah, and then you go into that process now, it's like oh, no. that's is it. Dude, I cried so many fucking times doing that shit. Mm. Um, and in the cover of issue one, there's a, a a graphic of a person's head, and that is actually a graphic, a painting my dad did when I was um two or three. Um, so I carried this painting for like for forty for forty oh, like forty years. Um, and we didn't, me and my dad, I didn't grow up with my dad. He's from St. Vincent from the West Indies. And so after him and my mom divorced, he remarried a whole new life. And then, um, maybe about three years, a couple years before I did issue, I launched Kickstarter campaign. We had this big argument. I was like, well, weren't you there for me? Like just, just just going in dude. And he was just like, what the fuck? Oh, I don't, you know, he was just shocked wherever. Right. And so I didn't talk to him for like months just because I didn't want to process his pain from me telling me, from me telling him how I felt about him not being around. So then, so I said, you know what? So when I was doing Umber, trying to figure out okay, what the theme is going to be, vulnerability. And so I said, let me figure this thing out. Let me feature him on the magazine, mm-hmm. giving him a platform that he never gave me, basically, right? And so, um, and then he, then his story, he's, he almost drowned. Right, growing up in the islands, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in the Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? So, who would have thought that? I didn't know that until he wrote the article. Yeah, who would have thought that, especially with song growing in the Caribbean? Exactly. Is usually a requirement. <clears throat> well, I mean, th- somebody tried to actually, yeah. you know, as a joke, yeah. some kid was yeah, pushing, know. Him, pushing, you know, in pushing him in, whatever. And so, anyway, so that was really what it was. And so then, you know, for me, when you're vulnerable, dude, on the other side of that, oh, it's amazing. That man. shit is so fucking sweet, dude. I don't know. It is such. A is agonizing when you're going through it, but on the other side of that thing, dude, Lord have mercy, man. Like you know, you know, how the, you know how you feel after you cry. It's like <laughs> you just you're washed with all that shit yeah. from your eyes, and then you you there's a clarity after crying. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, through, during the process of doing Umber, like I cried so many fucking times, dude. And so I was totally that was so. Here's the thing: as an artist, you're already vulnerable. Like I just do this art. Do you like it? Oh, you don't like you know what I'm saying? You're already being vulnerable and people like judging yeah, you, right? Yeah. So I'm you're gonna judge me on my art that I'm doing. I'm asking you for money. <laughs> I'm talking about my shit with my dad. So much pressure. Right? All of the, I'm I'm being a dad. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm at my job where I don't like. So all of these things I'm, you know, all these things are like a, I'm just totally talk about a culmination of my life up to this point this shit dude listen so that's what it was so i said you know what that's what i need to talk about being vulnerable and um shit even when i recorded the video for um for the kickstarter campaign i broke down right because they asked yeah. me why i'm doing this you know what i'm saying the indu was there that that day and we actually recorded at nina's house and so um yeah, man, it was it was an emotional journey, man. But on the other side of that is like is is bliss, man, and joy, man. So I like you know, I I don't want to say to seek out being. I don't want to say like, hey, try to make yourself vulnerable. Like no, it's not no, no, it's no. not something you mm-hmm. can contrive and you can't you can't you can't, you can't force yeah, it. You can't force it to happen. But when you're in that moment, when you holy shit, this is doing it. Accept just, it. Just dive in, man. Mm-hmm. Dive in. Mm-hmm. When you're drowning, just go deeper. Just go deeper. Release. And one of the things that I did, um, there's this thing called called float um floating. Oh, float tank. Yeah, float tank. Oh, bruh. 
Listen. It it. <laughs> so that was part Talk of about it too. Your experience. Talk about so, your experience. Fuck, I love that shit. Oh the first time God. I did it, I freaked the fuck out. I'm like, holy shit! I can't love breathe. It. I can't breathe. I love it. Then I thought about the Matrix. Is that really air you're breathing? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm okay. Yeah. And you have, I have the most weird visions. It's almost like a waking dream. Yep. Um, and um, uh, it's like drowning. It's like it's it's feel like I'm it's feel like I'm in purgatory. I can either go to heaven. I mean, I don't. It depends on what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You do go to heaven or hell. Like you're in that that in that in the sticks. That's the, the yeah. You're, the river. <laughs> of, so you're in the river of sticks. So like you're in that 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 void. Yeah. Right. And so I was in that void in doing the floating. In, in the float tank, and so sensory deprivation—you can't hear shit. You can't. Yep. Only thing you can feel is the, the 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 water, and you're floating. You know what I'm saying? To, to the point to where like it's actually hard. Like you're, it feels solid because you're deaf still so much. And so, um, yeah, man. So that that inspired the the magazine as well. Yeah, and and in terms terms of float, if you guys haven't tried float uh, float tank experience, I, I advise you to do it. Yes. In many cases, your first experience will be uncomfortable, yeah. but it's so liberating. I'm I actually, did it six times. Uh, yeah, I did it like th- three times. Yeah. I'm about to do it another time. And I remember my first time doing it um, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I was just walking around uh, um, Gastown. Yeah. And there was this, uh, I forgot the company. And I went in it and, yo... I mean, I've always read about it. I've mm-hmm. always listened to podcasts about it, but it was, I was restless. Yeah, yeah. I remember the the salt water got in my eye. Yeah. You know, you know, you're not supposed to do that, and all of a sudden, um, and all of a sudden, like, it was like there was a, a sort of ego of like, motherfucker, I paid for this. Mm-hmm. I'm staying this shit. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, no, it, yes, this yes. ego. Like, can you can just open the shit. door? Like, the you door can just isn't open locked. the door, but it's kind of like they've given you that choice, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, no, I'm going to sit in this. As you said, like, sit in it. Yeah, and as I yes. sat in it, a lot of um, thoughts were coming in my head and when mm-hmm. my time was up and you know, they played the music yeah, and yeah, whatever, yeah. I got out and... Mike, I cried so hard. I don't even know why I was crying, yeah, but yeah. it was such a freaking release. Yeah. And the, I think the coordinator said, how is it? I was like, you guys are doing a good thing. Yes. It's like you have no idea. And I just couldn't explain why, yeah. but it's a certain sense of peace and you know, yes, you're on the water. I, I, yeah, I, I was usually I'm, I'm not comfortable on, mm-hmm. on the water, but yeah. it's kind of like getting yourself comfortable with with silence yeah. and chaos and being in your own mind. And Dude. I'm realizing oh, more that gosh, like man. we are afraid of being in our own mind. I'm actually getting better and disconnecting, especially from my phone and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm being in our own mind, we go into the sadness and stuff like that. But instead of asking that question, it's like, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Why am I not reaffirming and stuff? So mm-hmm. it's like this, especially being in the flow or whatever type of meditation you guys yeah. do, it's yeah. like, be in that shit and fight, th- not not fight that shit, it was like, yes, stew in it, but also, later on, self-affirm yourself. Like, why am I feeling this way? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Even to this day, I still sometimes I sleep with the um, with, with the eye pillow, just mm-hmm. to get that effect. Because you know, when you're in the tank, 
you open your eyes and close it as if your eyes are closed. Like there is is that yeah. dark, right? And so something about sleep with the. Uh, I should try that. Uh, dude, listen. You get the. Uh, they say it's like you get a deeper sleep. I think. Yeah. I don't know where I read that. Wherever, but you do because it's like your it just rests your the ram thing going like yeah, yeah like it just like, it just like slows it down and so um yeah man yeah yeah float floating i definitely my goal is to try to do that every every season every every equinox or mm-hmm. solstice whatever but um um but uh yeah man so that so all of that came into issue issue one wow so and let's let's also i want to i want to like at least give people a tease and summarizing each issue mm-hmm. issue two yes um in terms of um the tactile relationship it, like what <laughs> encouraged you that <laughs> oh I, and i bet oh and i bet it was controversial in, a, in some some ways but well you know in not in in yeah, some they, ways, in feel of the community and stuff. Yeah, like it was. That. Yeah. It was. I mean, in the, so I have a very interesting. I mean, you you know me personally, so yeah. you, you know some stuff, whatever. But um, my my relationship to relationships, yeah, is very you know interesting and stuff. And once again, every issue I try to have a be in a vulnerable space. Mm-hmm. So after I did issue one, I like I got to go there every issue, yeah. right? Kind of like go in. And so relationships relationships issue was. You know, definitely a space for every issue I do with Umber. I, I have a space called Graphic Journal where I just kind of just go in. Yes. Talk about whatever shit, th- whatever anxiety I have around yeah. anything, just really kind of just, you know, go in and stuff. And so, um, yeah, relationship issues that I wanted to, I wanted to go there. Yeah. Right. And so I want to have very nuanced conversations on relationships, very explicit conversations yeah. in relationships. And very, you know, uh, weird dynamics too, as well. And yeah. so, um, one of the the things that I did is um, I did a infographic of my personal romantic relationships, mm-hmm. and I call it the serial monogamous algorithm. <laughs> so, in the span of twenty one years, I think, or thirteen years. I think 13, I can't, I did, no, 21 years, I did, I documented 13 significant relationships that I had, right? The relationships could have been short, could have been two months, a year, two years, mm. whatever, but like, I, from this point, of being, being with this person, being with this woman, shit was different. I look at the world differently, or I learn something new, or like, I, you know, gained a lot of information, insight from being in this relationship, whatever. And that was, that was, uh, it was hard, but not hard. Mm. Um, it was, it was not hard because I was able to kind of like, I have a good memory, like remember what I felt during that time That's being impressive. with the person. Um, but it was hard in the sense of like seeing all of that shit, like, holy shit, so looking at, looking for the patterns, right? And so... I tell you, when I, whenever I've been to have events, I talk about that issue, that part of the magazine. People love that shit. People want awesome. their people want to actually have workshops based upon that infographic I That's did. That's awesome. Um, and so that was the the most revealing I did. And so what I did is, um, in order to, in, in order to protect the innocent, I changed <laughs> their, their their names. They yeah, changed yeah, the yeah, names definitely. to to periodic to elements. Uh, 
elements of the periodic table. Yeah. Um, yep, and I so, <laughs> and then out of, I reached out to some of them just to, hey, let you know. Hey. Yeah. Um, and the one. Consent. Of, yeah, consent, whatever. <laughs> but only, it's funny, the only one that really was more curious was my most, most recent uh, girlfriend, whatever. And so I was like, can you find yourself in here? And it took her a minute to say, is that me? I was like, yep, that's you. And so, and, okay, oh. I don't know if I should say this or not. No, I'm not say it's that. fine. Nah, yeah. If if you want to, well, no. yeah, we know it's fine. Well, no, <laughs> but that's fine. I'm gonna say yeah. that word. Mm-hmm. Something I was going to say, yeah. but um, anyway, so like that was that was a very like I want to go there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I mean, and I'll say this to whoever every issue of Umber, um, there's a section called Slumber, right? And Slumber is a space where we explore sensuality. Yeah the human body and what desires come from the human body or seeing the human body mm-hmm. being vulnerable once again. There you and go. so, um, and so in, you know, in the space of me, print media, um, in the space of like, whether it's erot- you know, erotica, kink, BDSM, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I want to explore that a little bit mm-hmm. and there's a space to where at least what I've seen when having those conversations in regards to black and brown people is always hard. No pun intended. It's always very just mm-hmm. like, it just, there isn't any nuance, nope. any, any subtleties mm-hmm. to it. So let me see if I can explore mm-hmm. this within print media. And so in this issue, I've kind of went there. I kind of have very... Uh, varying levels of what that looks like you know what I'm saying and so um, and I'm, thank you for exposing from that because it's kind of like oh shit yeah no shit it exists you know going back to that conversation of like being those communities like you- where you feel like we have limited knowledge or like or that stereotype of like oh this is what we think this is what yep. we think like yep. no there's other there's other varieties of yes. people yeah. so that, within once again, our spectrum once again so if you have yeah, if, if, yeah <laughs> dude i already got you bro i got I, I, you i, 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 uh, I, <laughs> I know what you're doing and it's so in that for me yeah. that's important for me to for you to get it without me having to so once again i know i'm not alone mm-hmm. for you to get that is okay all right cool then let me keep doing this let me yeah. keep making these mag- let me keep having these conversations let me keep making these magazines let me keep or these graphic journals let me keep putting it out defeat there defeat the preconceived notion yeah man yeah man so anyway so that was what it, the tactile relationship was and also too you had a, a we mentioned earlier in the podcast where um, there was an article where we wrote the on the relationship between reality and virtual reality yeah. VR right and how it blends together um, and so there's even a conversation around and um, we actually had so some of the issues that we do uh, well not every issue we do we, we always try to have events that support the issue there's a release party that we do then there's also uh, we have events that are inspired by the content yeah. and one of the conversations we actually had an event on um, on erotica on um, black around people so that was a very very uh, small intimate event so people mm-hmm. can feel comfortable kind of talk about it but we had one, so in the issue two, there was an article on being, uh, the relationship between being black and weird. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you be creative and be whatever and then still attach your identity as a black person, as a black man in particular? And so we had this article, uh, this writer wrote, um, uh, Trey Johnson, which is, he's an amazing writer. He writes for Rolling Stone, all these nice. big people. And um, we had this conversation around being black and weird. Right, and what does that mean to have your identity as a black person, as a black man, and be weird? So we had this event 
where we talked about we talked about that, right? And so we had um, had Terry Johnson on the panel. Then we had um, uh, had um, D. Scott Miller, who actually is a writer for actually editor, assistant editor for for East Bay Express. And we Shout had out East Bay Express. Yeah, we had this still killing it. We had this event, uh, a Spirit House Gallery in West Oakland. Um, off of Adeline. Um, Shout out Spirit House. Yeah, Spirit House. Play some like dope house music. Just oh, the Spirit House is Afrobeat. Spirit bruh. House is the house. Like it's the just, house. Just the name, how you say it, how it is. <laughs> that is a spirit in the house. So we had this event around being black and weird, mm. and at the, we couldn't time it any better. Kanye went on this rant on Twitter. He's just saying what Kanye says, <laughs> and then um, Childish Gambino had the. The, the video This is America Yes And so once again I said in the earlier We don't want to do Topical mm-hmm. Content in the magazine Right However The visuals you see In the magazine Is a starting point And a teaser For a bigger conversation So his article About being black and weird Was a great setup For this Things that are Things that are happening You know In the world That are trending I, And do you know what's funny And that's what He's And Shout out to Man, shout out to Donald Glover. He's mm, he's the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's yes. like, <laughs> I think one one of the things, I think one of the things my brother says is like, man, I, like I'm. So, he's like, I'm so jealous of this guy. Like, want to be be like him because I was like, shit, when I grow, I want to be like him because he is one of the few artists that yeah. I know mm-hmm. uh, per se that he's okay with being black and weird. Yep. And he's been open. He's. He's awkward. He even yep. said, "Look, I'm awkward. I am not. I'm not like hard or whatever. But yep. yeah, we know where he grew up. But mm-hmm. he he breaks that barrier yep. of just yep. like being being a blurred, yep. <laughs> and also being black, black and weird, and mm-hmm. also like grabbing you into those conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can be this, you can be that, you can be that, and all of a sudden, like, boom. Yeah, it, it's we need those type of people. We need." Um, and it's funny you, 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 you talk about the topic of black and weird mm-hmm. Afropunk to me yeah, yeah. was is, was one of the most uh, most amazing experiences yeah, yeah. of ever because it's kind of like oh shit you listen to rock too oh they listen to rock so freaking hard metal bands and yeah, yeah. like there are a few other things that goes on and art and yeah, like yeah. everyone collaborating from different yeah. parts of the country especially that like at the same time, I'm happy for that, but mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm frustrated that we need we keep on need to reminding people yeah, that yeah, 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 there's a full spectrum. But yeah. at the same time, it's still needed of just like, hey, be you, yep. despite of what's what skin tone you have, like mm-hmm. just be you. Yep. But especially as a person of color, is like yeah, this is the wide spectrum that mm-hmm. you. You you have you not alone, yeah. And that's one of the things like I really that brought me to Umber is like oh shit, yeah, it's yeah. like you're not alone, yep. you know. Yep. So thanks for summarizing issue two, issue three, man, um, bruh, like it blew my mind. I remember like as you touring event inviting us to the band camp and mm-hmm. listening to the amazing Yasmin, yeah, yeah, and and how sound. 
how you interpret in, interpret sound, especially through this art, through the arts, and especially through print media. Yeah, and to try to explain that, that's to me that's difficult mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of me. I mean, like, yeah, you know, they have the Rolling Stone magazines and stuff like that. In terms of like talking about music and, yeah, yeah. and, and artist journey, but like, give 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 also give the summary for yeah, this issue yeah. in terms of like what motivated you. And obviously, you being hip hop, yep. hip hop, and yep. all that stuff is like, yeah, this had to come out. Well, the sound issue. I definitely didn't want to make a music issue. Because if, if if I try to do a music issue like oh I got to cover I got to cover reggae I got to cover this I got to mm. cover that I got to cover Afrobeats like I say so you know what let me yeah. just not because I'm going to something I'm not going to be able to get everything in there right and so the, but sound okay. <sighs> yeah sound makes sense for Umber right so of course musical is going to be one of the topics but you know sound is the sound is a part of music yes you know what I'm saying like sound is it's everywhere you know what I'm saying and so. <laughs> Um, and I think too, just my personal relationship with sound is, uh, growing up, I, um, actually stutter, right? So like, it was really, really bad growing up. And so as I got older, I kind of grew out of it, but still, if I'm nervous or whatever, mm-hmm. anxiety, it'll, it'll come up. And so, um, so anyway, so I want to, so that so my relationship to sound was taking a break from speaking. So let me hear something else back to hip hop too. Like hip hop was like, Oh, hip hop gave me that space where it's like, cool, I can, I don't have to talk. I'll let them talk for me. And because of the seeing how they're, because of a fan of hip hop, wanting to do everything of it. Okay, let me start writing. So mm-hmm. I'd write raps when I was a kid. And when I was in high school, <clears throat> the teacher, um, so I did speech therapy for my whole life as a kid from kinder- kindergarten until senior year in high school. Right. And so then, so I don't know if she knew I knew like hip hop or like rap music, but I was already writing rap since I was ten, just wow. to just to myself. And then one point she was saying, "Well, when you speak, rap. talk in a rhythm, mm. tap your feet every time you talk." It may sound weird, but you're not stuttering. Yeah. So that was it. And then from that point on, after high school, I started doing open mic poetry. Wow. So like you know, so it, I found a rhythm through. To, to talking in a rhythm. So I talk about that in the magazine. Once again, yeah. you know, being vulnerable. And so I just wanted to make a magazine that encompasses all aspects of sound. And I've been a fan of music from day one, right? But as I got older, I was just a fan of sound. Like it didn't have to be a beat. It could just be just like a, you know, ocean waves yeah. or it could be a river stream or it could be, be trees blowing in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, trees blowing in the wind or wind blowing in trees or however you phrase it. And Going so to the raw. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's really that's <laughs> even even when I was yeah. when I was in in, in co- when I was in college, the teacher said, "I should hear your pencil moving. I should hear your because we were doing um illustration. Illustrate so. gesture drawings, mm-hmm. right? This is our drawing class, live drawing class. Like, I should hear the sh- I should hear sh- 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 mm. sh- Mm. That means you're doing something, right? So that's sound, right? You know what I'm saying? So I just want to have a very nuanced conversation around a nuanced conversation around sound. You know what I'm saying? And and how do you visualize sound in print media? The one of the articles, one of the articles in this issue, one of the features is this woman. She's a sound healer based out of Switzerland, and a friend of mine recommended me to hear her stuff. And so I had a conversation with her on WhatsApp. We we're just talking, and so she was. Explain the whole process mm-hmm. through sound healing, vibrations, vibrations in your body, 
So I was like, well, can you just send me your chance? So she would send me her chance. So I would listen to her chance to draw circles, draw these ripples, just draw it. Everything she says, I'll move the pencil up a certain way or kind of just keep going around and around and around. That became the visual for her, her feature. I want to show a very organic looking uh, speaker or very organic looking instrument, you know what I'm saying, through sound. And so um, so I want to, how do you visualize that, right? And so um, there's one artist who's uh, based out of Baltimore, um, name is Bonnie Jones. She makes sound art, noise. I didn't realize there was brown noise. There's white noise. There's mm-hmm. pink noise. Yep. There's there's gray noise. Like all these different noises with a different like texture. So we had a conversation. So in the article, she talks about frequencies of noise, like that sound. You know what I'm saying? And so um, there's a, I did an article with uh, with Angela Wellman. She's based in Oakland. Um, she has a program called OPC Music, uh, Oakland Public Conservatory of Music, where she teach youth and adults music where there's um piano drum saxophone um percussions the whole nine right so she talked about um she talked she talked about audiation where you can hear the presence of sound before the sound even comes you know it's coming Mm. your ears already tuned to it that sound you know what i'm saying and so one another woman who was based in brazil She's a singer, songwriter, um, actress. She moved to L.A. about four or five years ago. And just a conversation around dialect and dialogue. People in America think like we have people, other people have accent. No, we We have have an accent accent. too. Yeah, you all have an accent. We all have an accent, (laughs) right? I'll go to London, visit my... We all have an accent. I'll go to London to visit my my family. And they they just want to hear me speak because they want to hear my accent. I think they, I think that they, they're just like, can you just say something? Like, can you just say, you know, whatever? Like, just talk. And so I think, that, so we had a conversation around that, yeah. around language. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, once again, that's the umber aesthetic. Like, you know, have these very nuanced conversations around stuff that we always, that we're all take here, for granted. Well, here's the thing: I wanted to highlight the space between the obvious. Hmm. I'm talking to you. You're talking to me. How do we illustrate our conversation? How do we take this conversation, take that, and now make a visual for it? It sparks a whole nother, it's a whole nother world, right? And so for me, it's a, the dialogue is important. And so, so that was the sound issue, man. So I really, you know, talk about jazz, hip hop, of course. Um, talk about punk, you know what I'm saying? Uh, talk about language, sound noise, sound art, sound healing. Um, all of that, man. Like, all of that is is us, you know what I'm saying? And so... No, th- thanks for elaborating on that. Um, excuse me, Yasmina. Like, mm. I said Yasmin, Yasmina. And she is so... She, oh my God. So, you know what's crazy? I met her mom when I was doing a campaigning for issue one. <sighs> she was like, I'll give you X amount of money if you feature my daughter in the magazine. I'm like, well, I'm kind of, you know, at the time she was 17. I was like, well, you know, we have adult content. Mm-hmm. Let's just, FYI. Let's just figure just it out. bring it out there. And then next year she was on relationships. Yeah. Let's just wait. Next year she's on sound. Oh. Oh, she's 20 now? Oh. <laughs> she has an album coming out? Oh. oh perfect. Bandcamp? Oh, dude, listen. That's what I'm saying. Like, it so just there, laid out. so there was no 
once again, passion. Wow. This vision. Work, yeah. Mission, mission. All those things will come up later, right? Those things will match up. You know what I'm saying? You're you. It'll just it'll just it'll connect. Like the fact like, that you were patient. You know, there's some people that will be like, "Oh my God, let me get get it now." You yeah, know, yeah. Might go away. No, it will come at a good. Listen, time. man. Like you know, the, you know, timing is timing is everything, everything, man. So. And it's funny you mentioned about sound healing. It's like you're saying like everything is leading up to this moment. On Sunday, I visited one of my close friends. Mm-hmm. She invited me to uh, a sound healing wow. uh, place. I've, that was my first ever um, sound healing mm-hmm. session I've gone. It's like a Fairfax community church. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, the church? But it's not like the church, church mm-hmm. we know. It's yeah. just a community of people yeah. in terms of alternative stuff. And this dude had like different versions of the didgeridoo. And there was this lady, like she had like, you know, those sound bowls yeah. and stuff like that. It gave us cacao, you know, they had like a cacao ceremony. The w- <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. This, that's why I'm saying like, it's yeah. funny that you're saying that. And get, guys, like, try this out because I'm about to like, let me just continue because it's like uh, drinking of the cacao, j- relaxing yeah. and just like hearing um just the sound and stuff like that even the vibrations right because like because it's we're we're lying on the wooden floor you know yeah. i brought my yoga man we're on blankets we're so relaxed and the yeah. cacao kind of opens yeah. your blood vessels vessel up mm-hmm. i was so relaxed mm. like the sense of peace that i had was just like oh there's something about this sound yeah, you know? yeah. that's why I, and um, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, I found out I was kind of hypertensive due, due to mm. stress. Mm. I, I usually check my blood pressure yeah. every day, so yeah. I don't hope, <laughs> knock on wood, go to that zone. But I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. And I checked my blood pressure mm. Monday morning, and it was like the most normal blood pressure reading wow. I've seen. Was this right after the after? Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, how then, how, then, how then after after that obviously sleeping that Sunday night then oh, waking up Monday morning got it, got it. then checking out my blood pressure and it was like all green. Wow. How often would you do that now? I I do that uh, the sound thing. Yeah. No, this is my first time doing this. No, sound. I'm saying, but how often would you do? It? Like, would you is it something you think you would do every month or every two weeks? Like- I I feel that I need to do it like. Maybe every two weeks or every month. Oh, wow. wow. I, I, I was like, whoa. This so if you balance is, that is out it, with, we're floating. Yeah, and with doing floating. That, like if you, if you, and I work out. I do jujitsu and all that stuff. But I was like, yo, in the end of the day, it's all about you. Yeah. At the moment. Like, yep. yo, yep. like, take care of yourself. And I, it's funny that you mentioned about sound healing. And I obviously saw it. I was like, oh, wow. It's like this, not only... It's like, yes, it is a creative thinker's graphic novel, but I feel, to me, mm-hmm. this is a guide to to how to uh, <laughs> improve your life. I, I know, I know, no, no, no. Like, I, I know, I know you're like, oh my God, that's so much pressure. In terms of like, how, like how I say it, it's more of like... Um, well, no, I mean, once again, that's back to my how, point. Back to my point to where it's like, I'm always inspired by the people that are in the magazine. Yeah. Well, well, not, not improve was the right word. 
how to the, optimize the, optimize your life. There you go. There you go. Excuse there me. You go. No optimization improve, or imp- improvement. Listen, I've I've definitely grown with Umber. I've I've grown to the space where I haven't been before, and so I've definitely, you know, I can def- honestly say that my life has been better since doing Umber. That's like awesome. things have been, you know. Things are, you know, there's still challenges. Shit is still fucking hard. Fuck yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you know what? This, this is, is okay. It. This is good. I, I told one of my friends, like, I'd rather be stressed out in something I enjoy doing. There you go. There you go. Yeah, man. It's, and the fact that, should we announce this in terms of Saul? Um, yes. Yes. That's yes. important. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, man, I got a um, chance to meet Saul Williams. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of the things that we're doing with Umber is that, you know, we have the issues that are that are based on the themes, but we want to create um, uh, a smaller form of Umber. Uh, we call it the zine, uh, mm-hmm. the black and brown perspective zine or BBP zine. And so that this zine is going to feature Saul Williams. Yeah. Um, so I got a chance to meet him. And he didn't necessarily fit with the next theme of the issue of Umber. It's like, you know what? It'd be dope to just, I don't want to wait on this, right? So let me just curate it. Back to the point of saying earlier how, like, you know, everything has to be a deeper meaning. Like, you know what? No, make some cool shit. Black and brown people. Shit. Yeah. Mixtape. It's like, yeah. a, I call it, a, it's a visual, yeah. a tactile visual mixtape. Yeah. And so that that picking up from the printer, I don't know when this is coming out, but this week right so, so you're not it's, it's not necessary issue four it's just like special edition yeah like, so yeah just, just, yeah i so, like the fact that you did that it yeah was so this like, is oh this is yeah this will be if anything it'll be zine two mm. you know i did a, a another zine this year and so this will be zine two wherever so but there's no theme just black and brown people black and brown perspective and um so that'll, that'll come out uh, in november you know what i'm saying awesome, so man. the second week of november so um um yeah man so i'm excited man so it's it doesn't it doesn't it takes me about six months to do umber six or seven months hmm. from concept tedious months. to making it yeah this zine i want i want to do a zine a, a printed experience that's more compact mm-hmm. right and so it's not as many more, pages. more quicker to read than the umber yeah, yeah quicker to read the, just the, the vibe and aesthetic of umber still visual art still black or brown ink still printed on the same mm-hmm. the same amazing amazing paper i'm using um but um, but this one is actually going to be a bigger form. It's going to be 11 by 17. Nice. And so, um, but um, I'm excited, man. Yeah, so I got a chance to meet Saul Williams, and he's a good dude, man. Like, it he, he was a really an, a great experience just hearing him, seeing him, and it took, it took a minute for it to sit in. Like, holy shit, I'm talking to Saul Williams. It mm-hmm. took a couple of days. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is Saul Williams, yo. By the end of the day, he's like, oh, yeah, he's just a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, you know how we're talking? Yeah, I That's know. how it was. That's how it was. It it's was like, like, there was no, as if like I knew, knew him forever. And so then, I mean, not knew him forever, like if, as if we're peers, because we're our peers, right? Me and you are peers, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, um, but then it wasn't until like two, two or three days later, I'll talk with a friend. I was like, I talked to Saul Williams. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him. He was. He was in my face. He was talking to me in person. And, so, and I love the fact that you're also interviewing these amazing people and just breaking that barrier of just like, yeah. We well, just, see, so that's humans like doing our own well, shit. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Umber, you know, um, uh, uh, I tell people that Umber is rooted in Oakland for sure. 
but it's the global perspective. Oh, one hundred. Like we're global. Like this is you know the artists for issue through issue three. Half of the contributors are from the Bay, other half are from around the world. Whether it's Copenhagen, Switzerland. Denmark, Switzerland, um, Brazil, Guadeloupe. You know what I'm saying? Like Chicago, New York, Baltimore, mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you know worldwide man so mm-hmm. um but it's definitely rooted you know definitely based in oakland you know printed in oakland made in west oakland and so um and um you know i tell people like anybody who's from oakland from the bay area wherever like i thank them like mm-hmm. you've you've set the groundwork you set the the uh um um uh, 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 uh you set the tone um for me to be here and i'm appreciative of that you know what i'm saying i don't want to be like, oh, I'm in, like, nah, dude. Like, you gotta, you gotta show respect for who laid the groundwork for you because, because of that, because of them, I'm able to be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm able to make Umber here. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, and so, yeah. So it's important for me to to shout out Oakland all the time and um and g- give its credits where it's due. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I know that you know. Once again, I'll take it for granted. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To be appreciative of. The people here in the Bay Area, and you know, Oakland is a place to. If you're here, if you're trying to do something, Oakland will nurture you. So you you have to you have to respect them and give it give it back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You have to like make sure that you know you you honor you honor that that ability to do that. You know what I'm saying? Not just show up in a place, but oh, this is my place, or oh, I can just do whatever I want to do. Like, nah, you really can't. Yeah. You know, people say you got che- something. You got to check in. Hmm. You got to check in, dude. You got to just like, you can't, you know, um, you got to check in. You can't just show up and thinking like you could just do whatever. Like you have to, you know, check in. So Oakland, who shot Oakland? Thank no, you. Shout out to the town, man. The town, shout out man. to the town for sheltering me and yep. meeting, meeting this amazing folks. I mean, yep. even with this contribution is like, uh, yeah, obviously it's seven person in this podcast is like, yeah, they're all pretty much reside <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's oakland is the reason why i'm able to one of one main reasons i'm able to do this and prepare this medium yep, and yep. and like i'm so i'm kind of speechless at the moment of just like it makes me really happy and thanks and ozzy is talking to you and mm-hmm. the, the, this other people so far is like making me motivated it was like oh my god there are amazing creatives and people out there of yep. doing their own shit yep. you yep. know and there's so much to learn from from this this type of people mm-hmm. and um and coining on the fact of vulnerability it's like even though you started it's like this is just this are vulnerable medium so far mm-hmm. in two and three this is a vulnerable mm-hmm. act and and to show your vulnerability is like I think one of my friends was saying like oh my god you might get to interview this and this I was like ah, it, it's fine it, yeah, it will come yeah. whatever yeah. when the timing is right it will come and it's it's like you know it's like oh would they have to people like would they have to come to your apartment and I was mm. like I would love them to to yeah. come to my space yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like I'm sorry if you have a big too big of an ego to just sit down in front of me yeah. drink some water or some tea yeah, yeah, sit yeah. on the ground or sit on the couch is like uh, yeah, then yeah. what's what's the point of just not yeah. having the regular conversation yeah. you know yeah. at the end of the day we all have our own fucking journeys yeah. and yeah. 
we all share on sharing the same sky and just so much to learn from each other yeah, man. and mike thank you so much thank you for yes elaborating more on this and yeah man thank you like um i don't have a, a specialized magazine rack but i actually wrote myself a note that there'll be a special umber yeah. magazine rack. <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. You know? like, it's it's kind of inside of my office table yeah, yeah, and I'll yeah. flip through it and I was like, no, this, this needs a home mm. because this is such, this is such like great prints. Thank you. Thank you. you know, obviously for the zines, I need to get the zines. Yes. Um, yes. But, before we log out, mm-hmm. tell them, tell the folks where to find you in yep. the social media, your yep. Instagram. Yep. Uh, you, you also sell uh, the upcoming nature of a zine. Yep. It's like, what are the upcoming events we should know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Start with social media. So um, yeah. you can definitely find me or find Umber at Umber Magazine, at Umber Magazine, U-M-B-E-R Magazine, M-A-G-A. You can't spell magazine. Z-I-N-E. Um uh the website is is umbermagazine.net. Mm-hmm. Um so so it's at Umber Magazine on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. Um and um yeah, so Umber is sold um throughout Oakland, uh San Francisco, Seattle, LA, Chicago, and in London. And um and then you also can buy the magazine on my website at uh at umbermagazine.net backslash store awesome yep please please people support him it's it's a it's an amazing issue in the in the this will be a more and more and more as time goes on the more valuable issue as i go into the topic of like to feel things like the simple things the obvious things to hold in our hands is going to get more valuable yes. so yep. I'm just glad I have these three issues yes, indeed. I'm going to tell his ass to, to autograph it so that I can <laughs> say like yeah I'm, I'm friends with Mike or you, you know? so, yes, because it's legendary um, and with that yo Mike thank you thank you man and folks good morning good afternoon good night